absolutely amazing. My name is Mike. In case we haven't met, I'm the student pastor here. I get the privilege to minister to students. I get the privilege to talk with your parents. I get the privilege to truly just be a part of your lives if you let me. And I'm so just honored to be before you guys tonight. I'm excited to be with you guys. A great crowd here tonight. Really pumped to be with you. And we're going to jump into a series this month that... Well, if we're honest, like, it's a series we all need, right, um, whether you're a student in the room and it's a refresher for the adults in the room. We're going to talk about our relationships this month. And I know it's uh, different to talk about relationships in March. Typically, you want to talk about that in February. But this year, we decided we were going to wait a month and, and, and kind of surprise you guys a little bit with this. And so really excited to jump into this. So just out of a quick, easy thing, how many of you guys are in some kind of relationship right now? Uh, raise your hand. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You don't have to raise your hand. Ulysses, I am so glad you raised your hand, actually, um, because we'd have some trouble if not. So um, tonight we're going to do things a little bit differently. Tonight it's going to be a little bit of a different type of message. Um, I'm going to use something called reverse psychology on you guys tonight, okay? You guys know what reverse psychology is? Nod with me if you do. I just tricked you all because none of you really know what it is because I don't know what it is, okay? So um, tonight, if... Um, there, there was a way to kind of cover this in one topic. We're going to talk about this over the whole month, and tonight is going to be completely different than the rest of the way we'll do this this month. But tonight we're going to talk about um, how to date like an idiot, okay? That's realistically what we're going to talk about. And so I've got one of my favorite quotes I've ever heard in my life. We're going to put it up on the screen right now. This is one of my favorite quotes. It's from The Office, and um, I don't recommend you watch The Office, but if you do watch The Office, there's this guy named Dwight Schrute on it. And Dwight is, well, he's a character, and I don't really know how best to describe him except for he's his own guy, right? And, and, and this quote that he says is absolutely perfect for, I think, a lot of our lives. And if we would live by this quote, I think it would really help us. He says this. He says, whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? And if they would, I do not do that thing. Okay, think about that just for a second, okay? Think about that just for a second. Now, 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 we're talking about reverse psychology, right? We're talking about truly like relationships and, and, and the truth of the matter. Just before we jump into this reverse psychology thing, the truth is, is that some of us have been hurt by relationships here in the room tonight. The truth is, is that some of us have went too far in relationships. Some of us shouldn't be in relationships, but we are. Some of us have allowed relationships to dictate where we are headed in life, and that was never meant to be. And some of you guys, you've been really hurt by different kind of relationships in your life. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's a boyfriend, a girlfriend. Maybe it's your best friend. Maybe it's even yourself. And so this month, what we want to do is we want to dive into what does it look like to have healthy relationships? What does it look like for me to be my best self, to set myself up for success when it comes to relationships? God, what do you want me to do? Now, how many of you guys have ever asked that question before? God, where do you want me? God, what is it that you want me to do? So over this next month, I promise you're going to want to be here on Sunday mornings. We're going to start dividing up middle school and high school after this week. Um, we're going to dive into some fun topics, and we're going to have some fun doing this. I promise you, you don't want to miss this. So, so plan to be with us. And, and here's the big point, is if you can surrender everything to God, including your relationships, especially your relationships, 
I can promise you, your life will go so much smoother than if you try to keep control of those throughout your life. Okay, with all that being said, today, tonight's message, how to date like an idiot, I present to you. Here we go. You guys ready? As we get started, I want to ask you a question. I want you to look to the person to your left or to your right, and I want you to answer this very, very simple question. What mistakes do you think will be on the list tonight? What mistakes do you think? Look to your neighbor, tell them you've got about 30 seconds to answer that question. All right. You guys got it? Perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Here we go. Number 10. Tonight, I'm going to give you 10 ways to date like an idiot. Number 10. You start dating too young. Okay? You start dating too young. Now, let me ask another question to follow up that question I just asked. When is too young to date? All right, I want you to raise your hand on this one. How many of you guys think sixth grade is too young today? <laughs> perfect, perfect, perfect. How many of you guys think seventh grade is too young today? Eighth grade is too young today. Ninth grade is too young today. Hey, some hands are going down now. I like it. Tenth grade is too young today. Eleventh grade is too young today. Oh, almost everybody's gone. Twelfth grade, anybody think twelfth grade is too young Today? Okay, cool, 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 cool. So can I give you guys my opinion? I want to give you my opinion tonight. And, and once again, like, I, I just want to kind of jump into this um, and just give you experience from my life because I'm not going to lie to you guys. I've messed up relationships. I've not been perfect at this. And, and I didn't have a girlfriend when I was in sixth grade, Garrett. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there's some of these things that happen um, that I truly believe if you want to succeed in your dating relationships, well, first you need to define dating. Second, let me be completely honest, I think you got to wait till you're 16. I think you got to. I think it's one of those things that will really help you out. Um, that you might not like it, but I can promise you, if you start too young, you're just going to mess up and you're going to do things that you would have wished you wouldn't have done. And so tonight, the, here's the good news, you know. There's been a lot of people who have dated way too young, okay? And they made out okay. But let me tell you a little something. I got some stats for you. I did a little bit of homework on this, okay? A lot of people's stats don't necessarily agree with each other, but some studies show that 14% of people end up marrying someone they met in school. 14%, okay? Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, one second. I forgot to add. That includes people who meet in college. 14%. Okay, other studies show that couples who date through 12th grade and are dating after graduation, about 2% of them, one, two, will end up marrying each other. And then 50% of those people divorce. So, just for a second, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I actually really like this. If you want to date like an idiot, 
then ignore these numbers because the odds that you are in the 2% and that you will find your soulmate at a young age is very, very high, right? Clearly, that's going to work out really well for you if you decide to start dating, I don't know, when you're in 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. Okay, now that we're into the list, now that you guys are thinking, now that your brains are working a little bit, let's go to number 9. Number line, 9. I've seen this happen way too often. That you believe someone is your one and only soulmate for life. You're in middle school and I found my soulmate. Her hair, it smells like lemons. He's as big as a tree and strong as an ox. We mess up. They're perfect for me. I mean, we like all the same shows. We like pizza. I don't know his last name. They're my one and only. Now, seriously, I mean, let's think about this just for a second. <laughs> if you want to date like an idiot, then these, these phases that I just said, they sound romantic and they sound sweet. But deep down, they communicate a message that is very destructive, okay? Because let's, let's just think just for a second, okay? Just for a second. My man Chris Boswell. Chris, I love you, bro. You notice? Chris, um, back in your heyday, would you say you were a pretty good-looking guy? <laughs> he said, yeah. He said, oh, I don't really know how to answer this question. He's like, back in my heyday, I'm still in my heyday. So, Chris, when you were on the beach and you were 18 and you were shredded, you had that eight-pack, you know what I'm talking about? All right? When that blonde girl walked by you and it wasn't Elizabeth, it wasn't Elizabeth, did you think for just a second, did you think just for a second that you should walk up to her and say, hey, my name's Chris. Do you believe in love in first sight or shall I walk by you again? Some of you guys are going to catch that, okay? Just wait a second. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Just for a second. Imagine with me just for a second over here, okay? Let's just play just for a second, okay? When Brian Hughes was at school and Brian, man... Dude, you met this girl and you said, phew, she is the one. I am so glad that I met her at McDonald's tonight. Like, there was no chance of anybody else. That wasn't Michaelin, okay? Michaelin and Brian didn't meet at McDonald's, I don't think. I'm not sure about this. Okay, you ever had that moment in your life where you realize you're probably not going to meet your soulmate when you're in middle school or high school? You're probably not going to meet your soulmate because of there being this very slim chance of this 15 seconds that if you don't talk to this person at this right moment that you'll never be with the person who you're supposed to be with the rest of your life. So it can drive you a little bit crazy. You see, some people will try to tell you that God actually wants you to look for someone who has a list of godly characteristics and that they would make a good fit for you. That you should look for somebody who's believes what you believe, that you should look for somebody who truly uh, pushes you up, who, who really, you know, you enjoy spending time with, that, who wants to set boundaries with you, and we're going to talk about that here in a minute, and they believe that necessarily you, you, you should be with somebody who you enjoy talking to. But if you want to date like an idiot, truth is, believe that that one person that you met at the beach that summer is your one and only, because after all, that is more romantic, and the notebook says it's okay, right? So let's believe in that. Hollywood's never failed us. Why not? Number eight, have no physical boundaries. 
I don't think I have to say too much on this, and we're going to talk a lot more about this in this series. But if you want to date like an idiot, then you're not going to set up any physical boundaries for you and that girl or you and that guy. You're going to decide right now, you know what, it's okay. We can hold hands, we can cuddle late at night, and we can be on the couch, and we can do things, and it's all good, you know. Once again, Hollywood says it's okay. You're definitely not going to start asking yourself questions like this if you want to date like an idiot. How far is too far? You're definitely not going to want to ask these kind of questions. What's the right thing to do? Both for me and for them. Both for my future husband or wife or for their future husband or wife. Because if you want to date like an idiot, the truth is, is that all that matters is right now. And I mean, it is really sweet, right, when you just, they hold your hand and you get the butterflies in your belly and you, you, you just, you love when they smile at you. And when you smell her lemon hair, you're a creeper, okay? Just for a second. Who doesn't want somebody smelling their lemon hair? Speaker Brett Ullman, he gives this very boring dating talk to students. And he tells them this. He says, uh, you, you know what? Couples, they need to stop having any fun when they're dating each other. They need to decide to take everything physical away for their relationship. Can you believe somebody would actually give that kind of advice to you guys? Can you believe that, 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 that somebody would actually get paid to tell you guys that you shouldn't touch each other? That you shouldn't kiss? Can you believe that, that, that this guy would say, stop holding hands. Stop touching each other in places you shouldn't be touching. So, if you want to date like an idiot, then ignore his advice. Okay? But if you don't want to date like an idiot, maybe you should do the opposite of what I'm telling you to do here tonight. Number seven. Believe that you can change them if, you're keep, if you keep dating them. Okay. Let me be completely honest with you guys just for a minute in here. Being completely honest, I'm going to dive right into this because I love you. I truly do, and I want what's best for you. Some of you guys, I believe, have the potential inside of you to be missionaries. I truly do. I think you guys can go and change this world. For some of you guys, you've taken that missionary mindset and you're applying that to your dating life. Therefore, you're dating people who don't necessarily believe what you believe. And the truth of the matter is, is, well, we're just in high school, right? It doesn't necessarily matter what they think about God. I mean, what if I win them over to what I believe? What if I get them to come to youth group with me? What if they come to AMP with me? Chances are you know somebody who's done this before. Well, I know he's kind of got a bad boy reputation, but he's a really good person deep down and... I'm hoping that I can bring out that good side of him so that everyone else can see that side of him. 
Then there's the guy who said, you know, you got to flirt to convert, you know, and there's certain things that, like, you know, if you're going to do this the right way, then, then make sure you dive in and, and, and do this. And maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, and, and, and if you're good enough, and we can know if you're going to be a true missionary or not by this. You get them to say the sinner's prayer. You trick them into it. They're definitely a convert now. You got them to say a prayer. Hmm. Let's think about this just for a minute. Your best chance to change someone's life has nothing to do with friendship. It has nothing to do with discipleship or evangelism or having real conversations with people about Jesus. No, it all depends about them being your boyfriend or your girlfriend. So, if you want to, quote-unquote, change somebody, then you need to flirt to convert, okay? That's what you just need to do, okay? Number six, you just date casually, right? It's cool. I mean, why not? She's good looking. I'm good looking. I think I'm good looking. I think she's good looking. Her friend likes me. Once again, her friend's hair smells like lemons. Why not just date casually? We're just having fun, right? Why not just test drive just for a little bit? It's going to be okay at the end, right? I mean, like, I'm just learning what I don't want in a relationship. She's brunette, I want a blonde. She's got blue eyes, I was looking for somebody with brown eyes. She's missing two teeth, he's missing three fingers. Whatever it looks like, you know, I mean, you know, it's okay, we're just dating, right? The fact that 50% of marriages end in divorce can't have anything to do with this mindset right here, right? The fact that 50% of American marriages end in divorce can't be because, well, you know, when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, when I was in college, when I became an adult, well, I just dated casually, right? They smiled at me. I thought they looked good. Yeah, you want to date like an idiot? Date as many people as you can. I can promise you this. If you meet somebody who's older, I guarantee they'll tell you, man, I wish I dated more. I wish I would have just hung out with just every guy or every girl. Or if you really want to know what it's like, hang out with your pastor. And I guarantee your pastor will tell you something like this. If you're going to date, you truly need to date for marriage. But once again, this isn't about that tonight. This is how to date like an idiot. And so I'm going to keep moving, okay? Number five. Don't worry about what a person believes in. I'd be willing that most of the people in this room have heard this advice before. Christians shouldn't date non-Christians. All right? Quick question. How many of you guys have heard that? Yeah? Christians shouldn't date non-Christians. You heard that before? If you've heard that, I want you to raise your hand above your head. Cool. I want you just to throw that out the window, okay? If you want to date like an idiot, just throw that out the window, okay? Here's the deal. It doesn't matter, right? Does it really matter what they believe? Don't all religions eventually lead to God in the end? 
Well, the truth is, is that Scripture tells us no. The truth is, is that if we dive into this thing called Christianity, we start to see that Jesus says, I am the way, the life, and the truth. Right? He says that no one comes to the Father except through me. Hold up. We're talking about how to be an idiot, right? We're talking about how not to truly care about what somebody else believes. So what if that cute girl in my science class, well, she's an atheist, but, you know, I mean, I don't know that she's a, like, extreme atheist. Maybe I can flirt to convert her. Hmm? You see, if you're a follower of Jesus, then hopefully you realize this means so much more than just saying a prayer one time. I hope that you understand that, 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 that this one-time prayer that you said was just the start of a relationship with God. Once again, if you want to date like an idiot, don't care about what other people believe. Date a non-Christian. Don't think about the ways it's going to separate you from God. Don't think about the ways it's going to stop you from serving the way God wants you to do. You see, it's up to you. How do you want to date? How do you truly want to know God? But once again, this isn't about that, okay? Number four, spend time exclusively alone. Now, if you want to date like an idiot, or if you consider this a smart person, then you're going to spend time with nobody else except for your one true soulmate. You're going to spend all your time, you're going to dive fully into this relationship. I mean, if it was a diving board, you're diving head in. You're swimming. Lemon hair is all you're smelling. You don't care about your friends anymore. <laughs> Chandler, who? Nah, Kaylee, who? Nah, we ain't friends. I barely knew her. Just for a second. If you want to date like an idiot, you're going to spend all your time worrying about what they're doing, who they're texting, who they're hanging out with, how they do at sports practice, and everything else. You're not going to spend any time with your family. Because, I mean, let's be honest. You've already spent your whole life with them. Why would you want to spend more time with them? There's this other person. And they have lemon-smelling hair. So... If you want to date like an idiot, then you're going to spend all your time with them. And of course, you know, number three is really good. You're going to ignore your friends' and family's advice. Because, I mean, truth is, you're not listening to them anyways. You're spending time with your soulmate. You're spending time where, with the one and only person who you're going to spend forever with. They're going to write a movie after you. They're going to call it The Wilson Couple. It's going to be beautiful. It'll sell millions. Because you met when you were in sixth grade. And look at you. You stayed with them. So if your parents say, no, this isn't right. Just remember. Romeo and Juliet, it had a happy ending. 
So follow them, okay? It didn't have an happy ending. Number two. Use the word love too soon. I mean, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Mike really quick. I love my mom. I love my dad. My sisters, my brothers, my in-laws. I love my wife. I love my best friends. I also love pizza. I love melted cheese on almost any meal. Love sports, parks and recreation. Love watching it. I love DC and Marvel stuff. I love listening to Justin Timberlake and dancing with my daughter. I do. I mean, I love Jesus, but I also love ice cream. I love watching sports. Truth is, I love shoes. I'm pretty sure that I love cheeseburgers. And depending on who I'm with, I can love riding in a van with sixth grade smelly boys. <laughs> Truth is, I love a lot of things. Do you see how we just throw out the word love? Do you see how realistically we just, we just put it out there? Man, I love this. I love my glasses. They help me see. I love my socks, except for when they're smelly. You want to date like an idiot? Use the word love a lot, okay? I promise you, it won't end badly. It's going to end great. Especially like when I told that one girl in front of the school bus, as it was getting ready to leave, we'd been dating for all of two weeks. I love you. I didn't mean that. I am so sorry. And she got on the bus and rode away crying. True story. We'll talk more about that another week, okay? You want to date like an idiot? Be like me. Use the word love way, way too soon. Number one thing tonight. You guys have been waiting to get here. I know you have. Don't know who love is. If you don't know who love is, you are going to date like an idiot. Because love is most fully defined and demonstrated by one person who has ever lived. His name's Jesus. This is a serious part. This is where I flip over. This is where I'm trying not to get you to be an idiot anymore. If you really want to understand what love is, you have to look to Jesus. You have to look at what he did on the cross for you. You have to understand that he was willing to sacrifice his life for you so that you can have a right relationship with God. Here's the thing. Every one of us in this room, we're sinners. Every one of us in this room, we've done some stuff that would classify us as idiots. We've done some stuff that have separated us from Jesus Christ, who have separated us from God. That's called sin. And God, he says this, he says, you have to be perfect to be in my presence. You have to be perfect to have a relationship with me. And by us sinning, that means we cannot measure up to his standard. And therefore, Jesus, the Son of God, stepped out of heaven lived a perfect life on this earth, went to a cross. He had sinned none. And he died in your place and my place. 
He took our sins upon him as he laid on that cross. And he gave his life for me and for you so that we can have a right relationship with God. You want to start dating? You're ready for that? You truly need to understand who God is. You truly need to understand who Jesus is. If you want to dive in, you want to see how you can have the best relationships in your life, you first have to learn how to love Jesus first. Check this out. 1 John chapter 4, verses 7-21 through 21 says this. I'm not even going to break it down for you. I just want you to hear it. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. And anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world that we might have eternal life through him. Love this next verse. Listen to it. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and that he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us so much, we surely ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of this world. And all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love, love. All who live in love, live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid in the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. If we're afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us first. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their believers, our fellow believers. Just for a minute. I don't know everybody in this room. I can say some funny things from the stage. I can make you laugh. But in this moment right here, as I read this scripture, as I read this letter, from the apostles, from the disciple who sat beside Jesus, who was one of his inner circle guys. He said, you want to know if God lives in you? You won't have any doubts. Look, do you have love in you? Do you know that God has come into your life, that, that he has forgiven you for your sins? Have you accepted this gift? Have you believed in it? You see... John knew something about this because John was the disciple whom Jesus loved. John was the disciple whom, whom Jesus spent all this time with, who he poured his life into. Him. And he simply said this at the end of his life as he's writing these letters. He says, listen, you want to know love? Look to Jesus. 
Students, do you know love? Do you know who it is? His name is Jesus. And he came. He lived the perfect life for you, for me. And he died on a cross so he could take away our sins. And so tonight, how I want to finish up tonight is simple. I want to ask everybody if you will bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm going to take just a couple minutes of your time. Let you out of here. You're going to go to your small groups and um, you're going to have prayer time and you're going to get out of there. You're not going to spend a long time in there tonight. You're just going to talk with your leaders. And this is something we do every week. We, we spend time in, and hopefully throughout this reverse psychology message you understand that if you really want to love, then you have to get to know who love is. And that love is God. You see, my goal for tonight is simply this. If you haven't experienced his love, if you haven't taken that moment to realize that you are a sinner, that you need him in your life, that tonight hopefully would point you in the right direction to realizing, hey, you know what? Something's missing in my life. And that something that's missing is the love of God, the love of a Savior that gives me eternal life, that gives me an eternal relationship with God. For you tonight, that might be you for the first time you're realizing, I don't have that relationship. I've never accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. If that's you in the room tonight, I want to ask you a question. What's holding you back? What's holding you back from accepting the love that God wants to give you, that God has already expounded upon us? All we have to do is say yes to it. What's stopping you from giving your life to him, to taking a knee and saying, yes, God, I want you to be my Savior and I want you to be my Lord. I want to follow you and I want to love people the way you love me. Well, if that's you tonight, really simply, I just want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to just start talking to God right now. If you've never accepted him as your Savior, it's not a better time than now. Simply say something like this, God, I am so sorry for my sins. I realize that I've messed up and nothing that I could do could ever make our relationship right. But Jesus, you came, you lived a perfect life for me. And God, I believe that. I'm asking you to take my sin away. And tonight, if that's you, if you're saying something like that right now in your heart and you truly mean that, then you're starting a relationship with God and you're starting to understand what this love is, then as your pastor, as the guy who's been talking to you for the past, I don't know, 25, 30 minutes, then I want to encourage you just for a second. God hears you. God loves you. And he wants a true, honest relationship with you. None of this funny stuff I've been talking about. He truly wants every part of you. And he wants you to know what that love is. So maybe you just said that prayer. Maybe you just started a relationship with God. If that's you with nobody else looking around, I want you just to look right at me right now. If that's you, nobody else looks, just look directly at my face. If you can, slip your hand right at your head too, okay? You just started right now. I'm starting a relationship with God. That's where I'm at right now. Look right at me. Make sure we make eye contact, okay? All right? Looking around. For those of you guys who are looking at me, here, here, I want you to come find me after the service. I want to talk a little bit more with you about what you just did. I want to dive into this a little bit more with you, okay? For everybody else in the room, maybe you claim Jesus as your Savior. 
Maybe you haven't been living with him as your Lord. Maybe it's time to actually start living like he loves you. Maybe it's time for you to start showing that love to other people. What if we truly chose to love like Jesus? Hmm. It might change this world. So what if tonight we decided not to be idiots and we chose to truly chase after who God says he is? And that's love. Let me pray for you guys and I'll dismiss you to your groups. God, right now, there's so many of us, God, that are in just so many different places. God, we've been hurt. We've been in relationships we should have never been a part of. We've been in places where, God, we made bad decisions. And so, God, right now, I just pray that, Lord, you will just help the students in this room, Lord, who have made mistakes. God, who have not trusted, Lord, the way that you tell them to live, Lord, they have went away from that. God, for the students in this room who have walked away, Lord, from their salvation, who have walked away from you, God, I just pray right now that, Lord, right now that they will just feel your presence on them, God, that you will just draw them to you. For the students who were just looking at me who said, I started a relationship with you tonight, God, I just pray that, Lord, they will understand just how free they are and how much you truly do love them. So, God, tonight, be with us. Tonight, God, teach us what it looks like to love you. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what John experienced with you. Let us truly understand what this life is supposed to be about. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. As you guys get ready to get to your small groups, um, head on out. And, and you're just going to be there for five, ten minutes tops tonight. Uh, thanks for being with us tonight. If you were one of the people who looked at me, please.